Welcome listeners, but take heed. We will say whatever we need to share our knowledge, thoughts, and joy, and even things that do annoy. So join us now, but be aware. We have a tendency to swear. We'll dial it back a little bit. But frankly, we don't give a shit. Welcome to Just Keep Rolling, a Harry Potter book movie compare and contrast podcast. I'm Ellen. And I'm Katie. We just wanted to take a moment before we start into this episode to address J.K. Rowling and her most recent tweets. It's heartbreaking when the woman who created a world that taught us how to love and accept appears to have forgotten her own lessons. But we haven't, and we won't forget. Harry Potter has helped us both through hard times and helped us create lasting friendships with wonderful people. This podcast has connected us with some of the most amazing people as well. The story belongs to the fans now. We will use it to continue to spread love when she spreads hate. We stand with the trans community. You will always be loved and have a place with us. Our podcast might share part of her name, but we do not share her views. We will just keep rolling and leave the negativity and hate behind us. Yes, let's just keep rolling. Into the rolling rehash. Last week we discussed Chapter 14, Cornelius Fudge, and the corresponding film scenes. Hagrid's a mad and hairy animal lover. Hermione plays Grand Theft Audio while someone else plays Grand Theft Autobiography. McGonagall's a wee bit full of bad news. Rules be damned if you have an invisibility cloak. Hagrid gets arrested, but we all know that Lucius Malfoy is the real guilty party. Dumbledore gets suspended and may or may not have x-ray vision. And Hogwarts is screwed. During episode 32, Grand Theft Audio, our Potter pondering was, do you think Dumbledore could actually see Ron and Harry under the invisibility cloak, or is his perception so high that he can just sense they are there? Or is he just that good at guessing? Diana says that she thinks he kind of figured that they would be there because he's Dumbledore, and since he probably knew, he knew what to look for. She says, I think the invisibility cloak works kind of like a perception filter, and since Dumbledore knew what to look for, or not to, I guess, he saw some sort of sign that confirmed they were there. Carly was thinking along those lines, too, saying that since she was a small child and read the books, she always felt that Dumbledore was basically omniscient. She says, I know that he says he doesn't believe in divination, but really, I think Dumbledore, along with his many other talents, was a seer. I feel like, let's get a little headcanony, after Ariana's death, he felt he needed to know everything to prevent a tragedy like that from happening again. Long story short, I think he worked really hard to strengthen his talents, so yes. Also, Ron and Harry are stupid and eleven, and they probably weren't covering their feet, which seems entirely possible. And gives me a good chuckle. Mm-hmm. Dave said that it made him imagine an invisible Pac-Man with feet sticking out of the bottom. <laughs> he also pointed out that in the movie, Snape saw or had a feeling something was there. So it seems that if people really pay attention, there is something that someone can see or have a sense something's there. Presumably, Professor Dumbledore. Fra- oh my god, Professor Dumbledore! Oh my god, Professor Dumbledore! <laughs> For the record... I was just reading what Dave wrote. He's good at giving us callbacks to our previous episodes. I feel like Hufflepuff deserves 10 points for how well he pays attention. But anyways, he mentions that Professor Dumbledore has actual experience with the cloak and would know its workings pretty well. Yeah, that makes sense, since the cloak was in his possession for a good 10 years. 
Samantha thinks that he can see through invisibility cloaks in general, but Harry's is supposed to be THE cloak, more powerful than any other, like the Elder Wand. It's part of Death's own cloak and he can't see through it. She thinks Dumbledore heard or smelled or sensed one of the kids, and knowing Harry has the cloak did the math. Jen and Josie both think that Dumbledore could actually see them. Josie says that she has a feeling that Dumbledore might be able to see like Moody's eye. My husband Len also thinks that he probably can just see them, but really likes to believe that his perception is just so damn good. A sagging floorboard here, an errant dust moat there, the slightest hint of a whiff of disobedient student wafting in the air. <laughs> Melissa does just think his perception is that high. She wonders what would allow him to see them and says she never even thought of that as an option before. Max has my favorite theory of the bunch. He says this is just part of a bigger theory he's been working on, but he thinks the invisibility cloak Harry uses isn't necessarily a cloak that works on everything, as when the cloak is first made, its specific use is to hide from death. Throughout the books, each time Harry thinks someone can see or sense him, it's someone who wants to keep him safe, especially in Goblet when Moody... Barty Crouch Jr., sees him, but at that point, he's specifically trying to keep Harry alive. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting theory. You'll have to share more of that with us, Max. In general, this week brought a ton of great insight. Thanks for sharing, Keepers. Yeah, definitely. Our trivia question from last week was, what are the Gryffindors and Hufflepuffs pruning during Herbology class? Professor Sprout set the class to pruning Abyssinian shrivel figs. Though we were perfectly willing to accept simply shrivel fig as the answer. Congratulations again goes to Max. Woohoo! This is week three of his streak. He was the first to answer shrivel fig with the code word hashtag go green, and then even commented under his own post specifying that it was an Abyssinian shrivel fig. <laughs> Considering that he also won our Potterheads a History bonus trivia episode, I really must say that I am quite impressed with his trivia skills. However, he lives in the UK and just hasn't been going to bed at a reasonable time. Right? It's 4am there when the episode posts. Eventually, he's going to be asleep for this and someone else will end his streak. Yeah. Dave was pretty close behind him this time, too. Robert also made an effort, though he hadn't listened to the episode yet, saying, A Harry Potter-related answer... Code word, hashtag some code word Ellen and Katie came up with, which I suppose was technically not incorrect. Though not specific enough, and still, after Max, who is just breaking all trivia answering speed records. However, we do want to wish Robert a very happy birthday, as his birthday is Thursday, June 11th. Happy birthday, Robert! Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> we hope you have a great one this year. And with that, let's just keep rolling into Chapter 15, Aragog, and the corresponding film scenes. Chapter 15, Aragog. Summer is beginning to reach Hogwarts, but without Hagrid striding the grounds, the scene doesn't look right. It's no better inside the castle, where Ron and Harry aren't allowed to visit Hermione in the hospital wing, which is barred from all visitors in case the attacker comes back to finish them off. With Dumbledore gone, everyone is afraid, worried, and tense. Harry constantly repeats Dumbledore's final words, I will only have left this school when none here are loyal to me. Help will always be given at Hogwarts to those who ask for it. But he has no idea what they mean and who he is supposed to ask for help. It is far easier to understand Hagrid's hint about the spiders, but there aren't any in sight. 
the only person who seems to be enjoying the current atmosphere is Draco Malfoy, who Harry hears gloating during potions that he always thought his father would be the one to get rid of Dumbledore. He hopes they get a decent headmaster now, says that Professor McGonagall won't last, and suggests to Professor Snape that he should apply. Though Snape can't fully suppress his smile, he says that Dumbledore has only been suspended and will be back with them soon enough. Draco is doubtful of this, and as Snape walks off, he continues to say that he's surprised the Mudbloods haven't packed all their bags by now. He also says, bet you five galleons the next one dies. Pity it wasn't Granger. Ron is up off his stool about to attack him, but the bell rings and Snape announces that he has to walk them all to Herbology. With both Justin and Hermione missing, Herbology class is very subdued. Professor Sprout sets them to work skinning Abyssinian shrivel figs, and Ernie Macmillan takes this opportunity to apologize to Harry because he knows that he never would have attacked Hermione Granger. Ernie and Hannah join Harry and Ron at the same shrivel fig, and they discuss the attacks. Ernie thinks Malfoy is very pleased about all this and wonders if he could be Slytherin's heir. Ron is less than impressed with Ernie's musings, and Harry just flat out says no when Ernie asks him if he thinks it's Malfoy. A second later, Harry notices several large spiders crawling across the ground. He points them out to Ron, who tries and fails to look pleased, and says they can't follow them now. Harry says it looks like they are headed to the Forbidden Forest, which makes Ron look even unhappier. At the end of class, Professor Sprout takes them to Defense Against the Dark Arts, and Harry and Ron lag behind to discuss using the Invisibility Cloak to get Fang and go into the Forbidden Forest. Ron is extremely nervous, having never been in the Forbidden Forest before. They reach Defense Against the Dark Arts, and Lockhart is in a very good mood, wondering why everyone looks so morose. He insists that the danger is behind them and the culprit has been taken away. Dean challenges this, and Lockhart says that the Ministry wouldn't have taken Haggard away if he hadn't been 100% sure that he was guilty. Ron loudly says, oh yes, he would, and Lockhart claims that he knows more about the situation than Ron, who tries to argue this before Harry kicks him under the table and reminds him that they weren't there. After listening to Lockhart's cheeriness and hints that he always thought Haggard was no good, Harry scrawls a note to Ron saying, let's do it tonight. Ron looks at Hermione's empty seat and nods. That evening, Harry got his invisibility cloak out of his trunk right after dinner and spent the evening sitting on it in the common room, waiting for everyone to go to bed. He and Ron play a few games of exploding snap with Fred and George as Ginny watches, looking subdued. They keep losing purposely to end the games quickly, but it's still well past midnight before they finally go to bed. Harry and Ron put the cloak on and dodge teachers patrolling the corridors until they make it to the entrance hall, where they sneak out onto the grounds and head to Hagrid's house. Fang is very excited to see them and begins barking until they feed him some of Hagrid's treacle fudge, which glues his teeth together. Harry leaves the invisibility cloak on the table, figuring they won't need it in the forest and they head out with Fang. Harry uses Lumos to light his wand, and Ron says he would too, but it might blow up or something. They notice a couple of spiders hurrying away and follow them into the forest, finding a steady trickle of them moving along the path. After about 20 minutes, they notice the spiders leaving the path and debate if they should follow or not. 
They decide to keep following them and stumble their way through roots and stumps, occasionally needing to stop to find the spiders again with the wand light. After about a half hour, Fang barks and they stop and listen, hearing something big moving around. Ron starts to panic and Harry tells him to be quiet or it will hear them. Ron squeaks out that it's already heard Fang and they hear a strange rumbling sound, then silence. Harry wonders if it's gone and then a bright light fills the darkness and as Harry and Ron shield their eyes, Ron realizes it's their car. The turquoise Ford Anglia moves towards them, scratched and smeared with mud. Ron says that he wondered where it had gone and Harry notices that the headlights scared away the spiders and they lost the trail. As he is telling Ron that they need to go find them, Ron is staring in silent terror at a point 10 feet off the forest floor. Harry doesn't even have time to turn around before he hears a loud clicking sound and feels something Harry grab him around his waist and lift him off the ground. He hears more clicking and sees Ron lifted off the ground and hears Fang whimpering and howling. As he's being swept into the trees, he could see the other six long hairy legs of the creature clutching him in its front two pincers, carrying them deeper into the woods. After a while, they reach a vast hollow that is completely filled with giant spiders. The spider carrying him drops him and calls for Aragog. A spider the size of a small elephant emerges and asks what is it. The first spider says men, and Aragog asks if it's Hagrid. Upon learning that it isn't, he says to kill them, and Harry speaks up that they are friends of Hagrid's. Aragog pauses, saying Hagrid's never sent men into their hollow before, and Harry explains that he is in trouble because they think he's been setting something on the students and have taken him to Azkaban. Aragog says that was years ago, and goes on to explain that they thought he had been the monster that dwells in the Chamber of Secrets, but he was not born in the castle. He was from a faraway land, given to Hagrid as an egg. Hagrid cared for him and kept him hidden in a cupboard in the castle until he was discovered and blamed for a girl's death. Hagrid protected him, and he has lived in the forest ever since. Hagrid even found him a wife, Mosag, and their family has grown. Harry confirms that he had never attacked anyone, and Aragog says never and tells him that the girl was discovered in a bathroom, and he had never seen any part of the castle but his cupboard. Harry asks if he knows what did kill the girl, and the spiders all around them began shifting angrily. Aragog explains that the thing that lives in the castle is an ancient creature the spiders fear above all others, but will not speak its name. Harry decides not to press the subject and says that they will just go, but Aragog tells him he thinks not. His sons and daughters do not harm Hagrid on his command, but he cannot deny them fresh meat. They are surrounded by the spiders, and even as Harry reaches for his wand, he knows it's no good against all of them. But as he readies himself to die fighting, Mr. Weasley's car thunders into the hollow, knocking spiders aside. It stops in front of Ron and Harry and throws its doors open. Harry yells to grab Fang, and Ron throws him into the back of the car. The door's shut, and Ron doesn't even need to push the accelerator. The car just takes off, hitting more spiders as Ron just sits with his mouth open in a silent scream. After ten minutes, they reach the edge of the forest. They get out, and Harry gives the car a grateful pat before it reverses back into the forest. Harry retrieves his cloak from Hagrid's hut, where Fang is hiding under a blanket, and goes back outside to find Ron puking in the pumpkin patch. Ron says that he'll never forgive Hagrid, and they are lucky to be alive. 
Harry says that he bet he thought Aragog wouldn't hurt a friend of his. And Ron says that's exactly Hagrid's problem, thinking monsters aren't as bad as they're made out to be, and it's landed him in Azkaban. He wants to know what they found out by going in there, and Harry says that Hagrid never opened the chamber. He was innocent. They make their way back to the castle, and Ron immediately falls into bed. Harry can't sleep and keeps thinking over what Aragog told them, and all of the dead ends they have hit. He's starting to feel drowsy when he sits bolt upright and calls to Ron to wake him up. He yelps and looks around at Harry, who says, Ron, the girl who died. Aragog said she was found in a bathroom. What if she's never left the bathroom? What if she's still there? Ron rubs his eyes and frowns before it clicks. You don't think. Not moaning Myrtle. In the movie, Harry and Ron are in Hagrid's hut after he is taken off to Azkaban, and Harry notices some spiders crawling out the window. He points them out to Ron and grabs a lantern. They head out the door and pick up the spider's trail, talking about how Hagrid said to follow them. Ron is worried since they are headed to the dark forest, and he doesn't like spiders, wishing they could be following butterflies instead. They walk into the forest with Fang and try not to step on the thousands of spiders as they make their way through the trees. Ron is even more scared and wishes they could go back, but Harry insists they keep going. They weave their way through giant winding tree roots and find themselves approaching a web-covered opening among the trees, where they hear a hoarse voice ask who it is and then call for Hagrid. Harry says that they are friends of Hagrid, and an enormous spider reveals himself and Harry identifies him as Aragog, who says that Hagrid has never sent men into their hollow before. Harry explains that Hagrid is in trouble because there have been attacks at the school. Hagrid is being blamed for them because they think he opened the Chamber of Secrets. Aragog claims that is a lie, that Hagrid never opened the Chamber of Secrets. Harry confirms that Aragog wasn't the monster, and the giant spider explains that the monster was born in the castle, and he was given to Hagrid by a traveler from a distant land. Ron tries to get Harry's attention, but Harry tells him to shush and asks Aragog what did kill the girl 50 years ago. Aragog says they do not speak of it, that it is an ancient creature they fear above all others. Harry wants to know if he had seen it, but he had only ever seen the box in which Hagrid kept him. Ron again says Harry's name, who gives an annoyed response, until he sees the hundreds of large spiders descending from the trees. He turns back to Aragog, thanks him, and says they will just go. Aragog says they will not be leaving. He has commanded his children not to harm Hagrid, but cannot deny them fresh meat. The spiders creep towards them, and as Ron's panic mounts, he pulls his wand out. Harry begins hitting the spiders with the lantern. Ron asks if Harry knows any spells, and he answers that he knows one, but it's not powerful enough for all of them. The spiders are encircling them, and the Weasley's Ford Anglia drives through the hollow, knocking them aside. It throws its doors open for them, and Ron, Fang, and Harry all jump in, with the door slamming just as a spider charges. Another big spider lands on top of the car, causing the windshield to spiderweb. The car begins driving in reverse as fast as it can and stops well out of the hollow. Ron thinks they are in the clear, and as he is saying he's glad they're out of there, the giant spider grabs him around the neck. As he struggles with the spider, Harry hits it with Arania Exime, and it flies off with a flash of light. Ron thanks Harry, and then they see an army of spiders approaching them from over the horizon. Harry yells at Ron to get them out of there, and Ron yanks the car into gear and takes off. They speed away from the spiders, and Harry tells Ron to get them in the air, but the flying gear is jammed. It takes both of them to force the gear forward, and the car takes off, 
flying up and out of the forest, then landing by Hagrid's hut. They get out of the car, Fang barking and Ron yelling about following the spiders, saying if Hagrid ever gets out of Azkaban, he'll kill him. The car starts moving again on its own and drives back into the forest. Ron continues his rant about what the point of sending them in there was. Harry says that they learned that Hagrid never opened the Chamber of Secrets. He was innocent. This section did quite a bit of streamlining and changing from the book to the film, but I think it overall still got the same point across. The book starts out talking about how strange things are at Hogwarts without Dumbledore or Hagrid around. Harry and Ron aren't allowed to visit Hermione in the hospital wing, and Draco is basically prancing around the school, gloating about how he always knew Father would be the one to get rid of Dumbledore. Yeah, that's not how it happened in the movie. We cut the last scene off at the most similar point in the movie to the book, leaving Harry and Ron in Hagrid's hut, concerned about what would happen at the school with Dumbledore gone. The scene itself in the movie continued on to have Harry see spiders leaving through Hagrid's window, and the two boys deciding to follow them into the forest. Which, they do follow the spiders into the Forbidden Forest during this chapter, but as I already mentioned, it wasn't straight from Hagrid's hut. In addition to Draco's gloating, he also demonstrates some really excellent ass-kissing during <laughs> potions class when he tells Professor Snape that he should apply to be the new headmaster and that he'll tell his father he was the best teacher there. Which, obviously, this really isn't that important of a scene to the story, but still would have been really fun to watch Tom Felton and Alan Rickman in. Oh, definitely. Plus, while Malvoy is brown-nosing, Seamus Finnegan is in the background, pretending to vomit into his cauldron behind Snape's back, and that would have been hilarious to see. Oh, yeah. Draco also expresses that he's surprised that all the mudbloods haven't packed their things yet, and being ever the Nazi von douchebag the second that he is, he bets five galleons that the next one will die, and says, pity it wasn't Granger. Though I can see why the movie didn't feel the need to include this, since... He really already had a very similar comment, hoping that it was Granger before she was ever petrified. It's already pretty clear that he's a dick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then Ron is about to attack him, which is all, it's all stuff we've seen already throughout the film, and it's not strictly necessary to repeat it. The beginning of this chapter is predominantly just extra details to make the story more interesting than it is information necessary to further the plot. The book also demonstrates what it's like to have the new rules in place when Snape says he has to walk the class to Herbology. You know, I'd be interested to know more about the scheduling at Hogwarts. Like, it seems like in the movies, the second years all just had the same classes at the same time. But the book has specified that Hufflepuff and Gryffindor have Herbology together and Slytherin and Gryffindor have potions together. Oh yeah, and Snape walks them all to Herbology, even though according to the books, the Slytherins aren't in that class. It's definitely easier to have all the second years in the same class. Yeah, but do the math. If there are five boys in Harry's dorm, there's probably about five girls too. Yeah. So that's ten Gryffindors in the second year. Mm -hmm. And if each house is basically the same with four houses that would put about 40 kids in one classroom at a time and as a teacher let me tell you what hell no <laughs> that's probably why they would actually split them into two groups like that rightfully so studies show that students do better in classrooms with a lower student to teacher ratio but speaking of less students the book also mentions that herbology is very subdued since they are down two students 
missing both Hermione and Justin. Nice segue to get us back on track. Thanks. <laughs> Professor Sprout has them pruning Abyssinian shrivel figs. Ooh, which was our trivia question. Yep. And Harry and Ron end up working alongside Ernie McMillan, who apologizes for suspecting and accusing Harry, and then also Hannah Abbott. I love how Harry shakes his hand and accepts his apology, and Ron just remains indignant on Harry's behalf. Yeah, that's a good friend. Right? <laughs> when Ernie starts talking about how Malfoy seems awfully pleased about everything and wondering if he could be Slytherin's heir, Ron just sarcastically says, yeah, that's clever. <laughs> Which is extra hilarious to me, since he would totally still suspect him if Rab and Hoyle had not <laughs> directly talked to Malfoy about it. Right? But Ernie asks Harry if he suspects it's Malfoy, and Harry just gives a very firm no. As Ernie and Hannah just stare at him, he sees several large spiders scurrying away and points them out to Ron, saying it looks like they're headed for the Forbidden Forest. Which is starting to line back up with how the movie did it. Yes, yeah, starting to. <laughs> they can't follow the spiders right then and there, and they still have defense against the dark arts that Professor Sprout must escort them to. And of course, here the book shares some more of Lockhart's appendixness, as he goes on and on about how the danger has passed and he always knew Hagrid was no good. He even says that the Minister of Magic wouldn't have taken Hagrid if he hadn't been 100% sure that he was guilty. Oh, you sweet summer appendix. <laughs> Ron tries to argue with him until Harry gives him a kick under the desk and reminds him that they weren't there. But... Lockhart's disgusting cheeriness and Hermione's empty chair convinces them to follow the spiders that night. So Harry gets the cloak back out and they wait until everyone goes to bed before sneaking out to Hagrid's hut for the second time. I do understand why the movie streamlined it in the way they did. And honestly, I mean, I kind of think it worked pretty well. Yeah, as much as I don't like when details get cut out, this was a pretty successful streamline. As we already mentioned, the information it cut wasn't that important to the main plot, and since the book literally has them sneak down to Hagrid's hut to collect Fang and drop off the invisibility cloak before going into the forest, it actually barely makes sense for the sake of a film to show that twice. Yeah, I think it would have been kind of visually repetitive had they shown that in the film. So it makes sense that they just consolidated it into this one scene. From here, there are still some slight differences, but it's back up to lining up pretty well. Yeah, one difference is that in the book, Harry and Ron have to look around for the signs of the spiders near the forest so they can pick up their trail again. But the movie already had them on the spider's trail since they saw them crawling out of Hagrid's window. And I'm sorry, but that's a lot of goddamn spiders to be in a, a one-room hut, Hagrid. Right? Why so many? <laughs> exactly. <sighs> they follow the spiders outside and Ron utters what may be the best line of this movie. Why couldn't it be follow the butterflies? I wouldn't change this for the world. <laughs> because I love that line, but it is different from the book. Ron expressed his nervousness and fear of going into the forest earlier in the chapter, so by this point, he's more resigned for the worst rather than outwardly scared. Yeah, he's definitely scared as they walk away from the safety of Hagrid's hut, just leaving the door wide open, by the way. Like, what the fuck, are they born in a barn? Apparently. 
The book doesn't specify. They just get Fang and head out. Harry lights his wand with Lumos, and Ron says that he would too, but it would probably blow up or something. In the movie, they just use a lantern they grabbed out of Hagrid's hut. Which works too, I guess. Yeah. They use it later on. We'll talk about that. (laughs) They eventually find two lone spiders which is extremely different from the, what, thousands of spiders they're following in the movie? How many spiders would you say were there? Well, I mean, I'm not a scientist, but I do believe that the technical term is a fuck ton of spiders. Well, yes, I do believe <laughs> you are correct. Scientifically that, speaking, ugh. of course. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> ugh. So in the book, they follow those couple of spiders through the forest and eventually off the path. Harry wonders if they should keep going, and Ron says, come this far. Which is quite different from the movie, which has Ron wishing they could go back and Harry insisting they should keep going. You know, as hilariously brilliant as Rupert Grint is during this part, the movies are still doing him dirty. He's a Gryffindor. He's not that big of a coward. I mean, he definitely still has his moments in the book, but the movie does completely turn him into comedic relief and take away most of the bravery that he does show. The book says that they walked at least a half hour until Fang lets out a huge bark and they hear something big snapping branches. Ron starts to panic and Harry tells him to shut up or it'll hear him. But despite being scared, Ron is still with it enough to point out that it's already heard Fang. They hear a rumbling noise, silence, and then see a blaze of light. Ron realizes that it's his dad's car. It approaches them exactly like a large turquoise dog greeting its owner. And I'm honestly not sure why that description entertains me so much. Probably because you're weird? Yeah, I don't, I don't think I can argue with that. Yeah, you really can't. I mean, <laughs> for being honest. Seeing the car wasn't actually in this point in the movie, though it was a deleted scene. The movie just has them follow the fuckton of spiders through the forest until they end up in a hollow and hear a hoarse voice ask who it is and call for Hagrid. Harry says they are friends of Hagrid, and it's, oh, hello, giant fuck-off spider. Once again, we're looking at a section of the movie that is less dramatic than the book. Because after finding the car, Harry, Ron, and Fang are picked up by some of the giant fuck-off spiders, and carried into the hollow. The spiders drop them and call for Aragog, who responds wondering what they want. When he learns that it's men who aren't Hagrid, he just says to kill them. Harry quickly explains that they are friends of Hagrid's, and the conversations between the book and the movie are fairly similar. Yeah, in the movie, it's Harry who lets the audience know the spider is Aragog. He knew the name from Hagrid calling it out in Riddle's diary. Which the book didn't have happen, so we learn his name from the other spider saying it. But after Harry establishes his name, Aragog says that Hagrid has never sent men into their hollow before. Which he says in the book, too. In both, Harry explains that Hagrid is in trouble. It's worded a little differently between the two, but it gets the same point across, that they think Hagrid is somehow involved with the attacks happening at the school. In the book, Aragog says That was all years ago, and that's why they made him leave the school. They thought that Aragog was the monster that dwells in the Chamber of Secrets. In the movie, Aragog flat out calls it a lie and says that Hagrid never opened the Chamber of Secrets. Also, side note, isn't he supposed to have cloudy eyes? 
Yeah, the book describes them as being milky white and flat out says that he's blind. Then why do they look downright youthful in the movie? Couldn't tell you. Yeah, well. In both, Harry confirms that Aragog didn't come from the chamber. He was given to Hagrid by a traveler from a distant land. I heard a really fun theory about this, that Aragog's egg was given to Hagrid by Newt's commander. Aw, that is fun. I like that. I heard a theory that it was actually Tom Riddle who gave Hagrid the egg, with the plan already in place to set him up to take the fall for opening the Chamber of Secrets later on. Oh, damn. Mm-hmm. That's a really good theory, too. Right? Nowhere near as lighthearted and fun, but really interesting. Mm-hmm. I think we should make this our Potter pondering. I want to know what our keepers think about the mysterious traveler that gave Hagrid Aragog's egg. Works for me. So at this point in the movie, Ron tries to get Harry's attention, but Harry just tells him to shush. Like, motherfucker, did you just shush me? Oh, movie Ron was way too scared to portray that sassy attitude. (laughs) The book gives us a little more information about Aragog and Hagrid's relationship, telling us that Hagrid cared for him, kept him in a cupboard, and fed him scraps from the table. When he was blamed for the death of a girl, Hagrid protected him, and he's lived in the forest ever since. Hagrid even found him a wife, Mosag. And now we know where all the other giant fuck-off spiders came from. After hushing Ron, the movie just goes straight to Harry asking Aragog what did kill the girl. He does ask that in the book, too, and in both we learn that the girl was found in the bathroom and was killed by an ancient creature spider's fear above all others. Hey, what's scarier than a giant fuck-off spider? I don't know. What is scarier than a giant fuck-off spider? Whatever the hell a giant fuck-off spider is scared of. Yeah, data tracks. Checks out. Though, if Aragog never saw anything but the box he lived in, how did he know the monster was what spiders fear above all others? The book also adds that Aragog pleaded with Hagrid to let him go when he sensed the beast moving about the castle. So maybe even without seeing it, he knew what it was. I mean, the book just says that they won't speak of it. Aragog says he won't even tell Hagrid what it was. Yeah, the movie doesn't say that. Harry just asks if he had ever seen it, and Aragog says he only ever saw the inside of the box Hagrid kept him in. Oh yeah, I think the book explained that a lot better. Aragog absolutely knew what the monster was because he could sense it and was so scared, he refused to talk about it, and wanted to GTFO. Well, I would too if it was something I feared above all other things. Fair. At this point in the movie, Ron is desperately trying to get Harry's attention again, and this time Harry gives an annoyed what? Ron just points up with a whimper and a hilarious scaredy face, and the camera pans to show us another fuck-ton of spiders lowering themselves from the trees. The book didn't have Ron trying to get Harry's attention like that at all, nor did it describe the spiders as lowering themselves from trees, but they were closing in on them during the whole conversation. In both, Harry says that they will just go, and Aragog is like, um, no, you're staying for dinner. (laughs) This part starts out similarly to the book, aside from Harry trying to knock spiders away with the lantern and Ron wanting to know if he knows any spells. Harry says he knows one, but it isn't enough for all the spiders, which are encircling them. Then the Fort Anglia they crashed into the Whomping Willow comes out of nowhere and knocks all the spiders aside, throwing its doors open for them. Yeah, that part is similar to the book. Their exit is being blocked by a wall of spiders, and Harry reaches for his wand, knowing that there are too many to fight. And the Fort Anglia saves the day. 
Of course, since they ran into it in the forest previously, it isn't out of nowhere that it shows up to save them. If they left the deleted scene in, it also wouldn't have been out of nowhere. There is that. Mm -hmm. Now, this is where the book and the movie go their separate ways. It's not too bad, but the movie 100% takes the dramatic path. Shocker. Right? <laughs> Once the Weasley's car shows up in the book, that's basically the end of Spider-Rama. The car drives up, opens its doors, Harry tells Ron to grab Fang, and they all get in the car, which also then shuts its doors on its own. It also then drives away on its own, hitting a few more spiders, but not stopping until they are all the way out of the forest. But oh no, not in the movie. Harry and Ron are being surrounded by spiders, and Ron wants to know where Hermione is when you need her. Uh, petrified, Ron. Right? Jeez. <laughs> the Weasley car comes out of nowhere, sure. Thank Merlin for those new self-driving cars, eh? I mean, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Elon Musk was in fact a wizard. Could be. The car also opens its doors on its own, but then, please Harry... Take your time getting into that car. Right. No rush. Mm-hmm. But once they get in the car, does it safely drive them out of the forest? Oh, no. First, a fuck-off spider lands on top of the car, causing the windshield to spiderweb. Then the car does drive in reverse for a bit to get them out of the hollow and apparently lose the hitchhiking spider. But then it just stops, and as Ron says he thinks they're in the clear, the hitchhiking fuck-off spider reaches in through the apparently open window and grabs Ron around the neck. Ron... You never say you're in the clear. That's like saying, what's the worst that could happen? Or, I'll be right back, because you won't be right back. They're never right back. They're never, never right back. Mm-mm, never. Thankfully, Harry uses Arania Exime and blasts the spider away with a flash of light. Side note, I was today years old when I realized that Harry knew Arania Exime because Tom Riddle used it in the diary. Really? Like, seriously, you just... you. Just now figure that out? Well, yeah, it wasn't used in the book. So my mind was always set on that fact, rather than actually thinking through how Harry could have learned the spell. Hmm. I was just focused on, that's not how it happened in the book. <laughs> Instead of, you know, hey, look, oh, well, duh. I threw that in there. Yeah. yeah, so it's neat that I can still learn new things after all these years. Always. <laughs> <laughs> The spider that attacks Ron in the car always reminds me of something out of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I can totally see that. Right? But even with blasting away the spider, they still aren't in the clear. A literal fuckton of spiders is coming up over the horizon, and Harry is yelling to Ron to get the car in the air. But oh no. Oh no. The flying gear is jammed. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it's jammed. Why wouldn't it be jammed? Drama. Drama. <laughs> The two of them force the gear forward, and the car takes off, flying up and out of the forest, then finally bringing them to safety, landing them in front of Hagrid's hut. Once they are safe, they get out of the car. Fang immediately runs into the house, and Ron is basically still in shock, having spent the entire car ride with his mouth open in a silent scream. Harry gives the car a grateful pat, just to go along with the large turquoise dog image. Mm-hmm. And it drives off on its own back into the forest. It's similar to the movie. They all pile out of the car, Fang barking and Ron yelling about following the spiders and saying that if Hagrid ever gets out of Azkaban, he'll kill him. In the book, Harry goes into Hagrid's hut to retrieve the invisibility cloak and Fang is already hiding under a blanket. 
poor puppy. <laughs> when he goes back outside, he finds Ron puking in the pumpkin patch. Yeah. Ron says he'll never forgive Hagrid and that they're lucky to be alive. Harry figures that Hagrid didn't think Aragog would ever hurt friends of his. And Ron thinks the fact that Hagrid doesn't think monsters are as bad as they're made out to be is his exact problem. And it's landed him in Azkaban. <laughs> he also wants to know what the point of sending them in there was. What did they find out? Movie Ron is definitely more ranty than pukey. The movie includes him asking what the point of sending them in there was as well. And I gotta say, I agree with Ron. Sending them into the forest was kind of shitty, really. Well, that's Funkle Hagrid for you. Mm. So well-meaning doesn't always have the brightest of plans facts in both harry says that they learned hagrid never opened the chamber of secrets he was innocent and this is where the movie scene ends the book goes on just a bit further part of which i wish they had included in the movie after harry says hagrid was innocent ron snorts because apparently <laughs> hatching aragog in a cupboard was not his idea of being innocent that's all i really missed from how the movie section ended Ron Snort. Rupert Grint would have nailed it, too. He had some of the best facial expressions during this scene. <laughs> you can't see us, obviously, but we literally both just made our best scared Ron faces. I think everyone should selfie their best scared Ron faces and share them with us. Yes. That'd be so fun. We will make that a Potter pondering, too, so to speak. I can't wait. Same. <laughs> but anyways, the last bit of the book shows Harry and Ron sneaking back to their dorm room. Ron completely crashes without even changing into pajamas, but Harry can't sleep. He's lying awake thinking that he's out of ideas and there's no one left to ask when it hits him. He wakes up Ron and says that the girl who died was found in the bathroom and thinks maybe she's never left. Ron puts two and two together and realizes Moaning Mantle. <laughs> and this is where the book chapter ends. They do make this connection in the movie as well, but it's not until the next scene. So we will talk about that next week. For now, we will move on to the new actors from this scene, and that's really only Julian Glover, who did the voice of Aragog. Which, he sounded like a creepy old spider to me, if a spider could talk. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some fuck-off spiders in my time, and... If they could talk, they'd have Julian Glover's voice, so... Well done. Yeah, well done, you. Yeah, fuck off, spider you. Well done. Can we say well done one more time? Oh no, it's <laughs> well done at this point. <laughs> See what you did there. Well done. Well, this week we sort of have two Potter ponderings for you. The first one is, who do you think gave Hagrid Aragog's egg? The second one isn't really a question... We just want to see your best scared Ron faces. So pretend you're facing a giant fuck-off spider and take us a selfie. We will have the post up on our Facebook page for you to comment and share your pictures. And that will bring us to this week's Sorting Hat story. It's from Olivia Moe. She is a Hufflepuff. Her wand is maple wood with a unicorn hair core, 10 and 3 quarters inches with pliant flexibility. Her Patronus is a black mare. She writes, being a child of the late 90s and early 2000s, I was coming of age when Harry, Hermione, and Ron were too, in the hearts and minds of children my age and older. 
Although I will admit I have not read all of the books, I instead have watched all of the movies and have written my own share of fan fiction while in my teens to make up the plot holes I was clearly missing. I know it's never too late to join a fandom, and it's a lovely, quirky, and loyal family. I look forward to rediscovering it now and in the future. Thank you for sharing your sorting hat story, Olivia. I hope that you do get a chance to finish reading all the stories. Yeah, thank you. And if any of you other keepers out there listening would like us to read your sorting hat story on a future episode, you can email it to us at justkeeprolling at gmail.com. Let us know your house, wand, the wood, core, and length, how you got into Harry Potter, and anything else you might want to share with us. And that'll bring us to this week's trivia question, which is about how long is the giant snakeskin that Harry, Ron, and Lockhart come across in the tunnel to the Chamber of Secrets? The prize for the first one who responds with a correct answer and the code word, hashtag poisonous green, will get a bitch is a witch, motherfucker's a wizard, a just keep rolling, a pride sticker, or our new that's not how it happened in the book or that's not how it happened in the movie sticker. Another way to get a sticker is to rate and review us. If you are an Apple person, you can do it through the Apple Podcast or iTunes app. If you don't have Apple, you can rate a recommendation on our Facebook page. Then email us at justkeeprolling at gmail.com to let us know you did and we will get back to you to figure out which sticker you want and where to send it. Don't forget to find us and follow us on Facebook at JKR Podcast and Twitter and Instagram at Just Keep Rolling. Following us on Podbean at justkeeprolling.podbean.com will get you the episode as early as possible and give you a leg up in answering the trivia question. If you would like to support us as a patron for extra perks, you can go to patreon.com slash justkeeprolling. As always, any support you can give is greatly appreciated, and we'll go towards bringing more Harry Potter-related content your way. Yep, and you can go to our website at justkeeprolling.com to check out the merch and stuff that we have been able to produce so far. We also wanted to mention that we submitted our podcast to an awesome blog on Feedspot, about the top 30 Harry Potter podcasts you must follow in 2020, and, drumroll please, we made the list. Woohoo! Yay! We not only made the list, we aren't even last. Number 25, bitches. I will take it. (laughs) Right? You can check it out at https colon slash slash blog dot feedspot dot com slash harry underscore potter underscore podcasts and see what other cool lists and blogs they have as well we will post that link up on our social media accounts too Mm -hmm. and join us next week when we talk about chapter 16 the chamber of secrets and the corresponding film scenes thanks for listening we hope you hear us again i'm katie i'm ellen until the next time just just keep keep rolling. rolling Thank you.